thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Praise the Lord and thank you to the church family. Busy day yesterday, had a big funeral up here. Uh, David Levine went to be with the Lord Tuesday night and we had a funeral for him up here. Uh, he and Bonnie sat over there and uh, we'll miss him. But y'all were up here cooking for them, feeding them and that was beautiful. Had about a thousand people at the stadium Kids hunting 20,000 Easter eggs. My goodness, that was a zoo. That was awesome. You're going to get to see more of that later on a video, but I just wanted to... Uh, do I look funny with a basket? I think y'all think I look funny with a basket. Sorry. Some of y'all are like, does he know he has a basket? He acts like he doesn't even have a basket. He's just talking like he always does. I know I have a basket. I'll get to that. Uh, but y'all are great, church. Out there, cold wind. You know, that is beautiful, man. Touched a lot of lives. Thank you for being a great church. And and so what we wanted to do today, Pax and I were talking. I've been thinking about Easter for a long time. And, you know, Easter's a tricky Sunday. It's a tricky Sunday. Because you're going to get a whole bunch of people in the house. And, you know, you get your CEOs. You get your Christmas Easter only, folks. And so, I'm sorry. But, uh, but you get them in the house. And, 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 and we know the tomb's empty. Praise Jesus, the tomb is empty. But sometimes that gets predictable. And I kind of want to know, on Sunday we know the tomb is empty and we resurrected Jesus and he rose again and we celebrate that on Monday. Does it make a difference? Does it make a difference? Does it make a difference when you walk into your job? Make a difference when that first early morning customer comes to you and they're not a morning person? Does it make a difference? Does it make a difference? And so Pax and I were talking, and he was showing me all these videos he had picked out for Easter, and I'm like, hmm, nah, nah, no. Pax was like, do they do anything for you? I said, no, they don't do anything for me. And so if you think if they don't do anything for you and me, they probably won't do anything for anybody else, I said, probably not. <laughs> and I mean, it's not that they weren't good videos. They were. A bunch of stories about palm branches and the cross and tomb being empty and all that stuff. And we're like, yeah, that's cool. That's great. That's what it is. But I'm going to tell you right now. The Bible Belt knows that. Texas knows that. Maybe we've got churches all over the place. I think we know the tomb is empty, but what in the fat does that mean to me? What does that mean to me? How does that impact my life? What does that do in my life? What should it do in my life? How should that make me a different daddy and a different mama? How should it make me a different college kid? How should it make me a different boss and a worker? How should it make me a different church member? different American. What, what, how does that make me different? What does it do in me? What should it have done in me? What is it doing in me? Has it done anything in me? Am I different mowing the yard this Friday than I was last Friday because I realize now what that tomb being empty means to me? Are you cutting the same grass maybe, but is it different? And so today, what I want to do is I want to look at that. And you're, we're going to look at it different. Because i got some friends that are going to join me. Because here's the deal. We looked for 20,000 Easter eggs. Kids did. Can I tell you something? We have adults every single day walking around with baskets. They're just looking for stuff, man. They're on a search. They're on a search. They're on a search for everything different. Oh, yeah. Now, listen to me. We as adults... We don't carry Easter baskets like this. Why? It's too noticeable. 
If you saw a dude walking in the mall with an Easter basket, would you go to the other side of the mall? I would. I'd be looking for them renter cops going, dude, you got, you got a weird cat walking in the mall with an Easter basket, and it's like September, all right? I think he's got a bomb in there. They're walking around with baskets. We're all in a search. We're all in a hunt, man. We're all looking for something. And I want you to listen to my friends. They're going to talk to you about the search, about the Easter, empty tomb, what it means, how it changed their life. Give it to my friends. <laughs> this is uh, Carrie and James Neely. Tell us about uh, how things have changed in your lives together and as a family since you've been at First Baptist. Um, we started attending church here in September, I'd say 2011, after having tr um, troubles with our marriage. And we really just felt comfortable here. James wasn't saved, but he was after we started attending for a while. He didn't even believe in God. And our kids have now been saved, and I rededicated my life to Christ. And we've really just grown in the Lord and everything. Awesome. Awesome. We'll come back to you. Um, this is Chris and Courtney Schneider. Tell us about you guys since you've been at First Baptist Church. Uh, I've been through a lot of tragedy in my life, and uh, we were going through some hard times in our marriage. Um, you know, coming to church here changed everything, changed my whole life, my whole outlook on life. Um, you know, with Jeff's help and, and everybody here at church, we made friends. Um, you know, I can't say enough about everything that we've done and what they've done to help us. Um, you know, come to the realization that no matter what you've done, no matter what is to come, there's somebody there that always has your back, no matter what, and it's awesome. Yeah, praise the Lord. This is Nathan Bixel. Nathan, tell us about uh, your life and what God's done in your family since you've been at First Baptist. Man, I could go days and days and tell you what I've done wrong in my life. <clears throat> Y'all ain't got enough time. Um, I've drank since I was 16, experimented with drugs a little bit. I love to fight, get in trouble. Just, I don't know, I was a hellion. <laughs> and since we started coming here about three years ago, I've been saved. Gave my life to the Lord two years ago. <clears throat> you know, the devil came back. I drank more after that. <clears throat> and then, you know, I cried in Jeff's driveway. He prayed over me. And I've been sober for two years. <clears throat> my family life's better. And just... Man, it's awesome to live with the Lord in your life. Amen. Thank you, brother. This is uh, Lee McCaslin. Lee, uh, you guys have been here for a while. Tell us, tell us how you got here and uh, what's been going on in your life since you got here. What has it been? Five, six years, maybe. Uh, we went to a big church in Amarillo, and every morning we drove by the street right here, and there was just a force pulling us here, and we fought it for a long time, and you know, finally one day I just... I pulled in, kids screaming at me, no, daddy, we don't want to go there. <laughs> and we were in the old sanctuary, and there was about 20 people there. Everybody, you know, some, some friends, some not, and uh, we just we had, we pulled in, hadn't, hadn't stopped coming since. Um, 
But I think the big thing is going to a huge church. My wife and I was talking one day. I said, you know, what, what happens if I get killed, get run over by a bus or something, you know? Who, who's going to do my funeral? She said, our pastor. I said, yeah, but our pastor, where we go, he doesn't do funerals. And he doesn't even know our name. So, you know, right here, you know, I consider Pastor one of my best friends. You're one of my best friends. I've got great friends here. My family has friends here. Uh, we meet new people every day. And um, it's, it's a God thing that, that we're here. Awesome. Awesome. Praise the Lord. This is uh, Roger and Delena Williams. You guys have been here for a while. Tell us how you got here and what's been going on since. Well, we've uh, been going since 2008, I think. And uh, we went to my oldest son's baccalaureate, and Jeff was preaching the baccalaureate, and I told Elaine, I said, oh, we need to figure out where he's preaching. I kind of like the way he's preaching. Well, that's how we come here, and <laughs> that's the honest truth right there. And yeah. My kids, my family shows, my mom and dad will show, most of my kids show. We've been blessed with six beautiful grandkids, and man, it's just blessed. We've just Amen. been blessed. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Two more. This is Ricky Wright. Ricky, uh, tell us about what God's been doing in your life and your family since you guys have been here. Well, first of all, I didn't know I was missing anything in my life until I started uh, visiting. So I visited with the family for the first time. Um, had a hard time drawing them out of the youth group they were involved in in Amarillo. Um, so I visited by myself for about four or five months just on Wednesday nights in the men's group. Um, had no idea what the impact that would have on my life, my marriage, and my kids' lives. So um, had lots of friends, but I didn't have relationships like I do now. So I've got about 45 brothers that I know that I can call on any time, day or night, to come to me. I need something to pray for. I need anything in my life. I've got these guys. I never had that before. Um, it's phenomenal. Um, I encourage that for all of you men. So um, then just finding my place to serve. Um, you know, Jeff was Jeff opened up so many ideas, and, and you've opened up so many ideas, but there's so many different ways in this church that we can you can find your niche and find your place to serve, and that's been the most beneficial to me. Awesome. awesome. Praise the Lord. All right. And uh, Matt Castle, Matt, yes, sir. tell us about what's been going on in your life since you got to First Baptist. Uh, a whole lot has gone on in my life since I started First Baptist. Um, I was married for 21 years, and about the last 10 years of our marriage, um, I became more important than everything else on this earth. Um, I was an alcoholic, was a, a, you know, alcohol had, and selfishness controlled everything. And January of 2013, I wrapped my truck because of alcohol around a pole and should not have lived, but walked away with a scratch. God told me, I've got you. Um, I came to church, visited with some of the men, basically told them what I did, and they had my back. Fast forward about four or five months, I wake up in a parking lot with a police officer shining his light in my truck, basically saying, if you can get somebody here, I'll save you a trip to jail. I said, I bet you I can. So I called my wife of 21 years and asked her to come 
pick me up. And she did. And with a struggling marriage, go figure, that did not go over real well. Um, I went home the very next day. Uh, I traveled around with an incredible man in this church. And uh, the very next day, I was asked to leave my house to never go back with my wife. Divorce came, um, fought it, did not want it, but it happened anyway. With that being said, the men of this church supported me, um, prayed for me, battled with me to help me save my marriage, and it just, it didn't work. But I will say that I'm surrounded by a group of men, women, and children who love me no matter what, and they showed me what God's love really is, that I can't do anything more than I'm doing right now for God to love me more. There's nothing I can do for God to love me less, and it was shown by this church of just who God is. And it's just a great place to be. Thank you. How long have you been sober, brother? Um, for a long time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you, and I want you to I'm going to throw some words up there and want you to look at them. 2 Corinthians 5.17 simply says this, Therefore, and remember what I told you, when you see therefore there, you always want to ask, what's that therefore, therefore? All right. Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. I want you to see some words. These are words. I just want you to, we're just going to run through them. These are words that adults today are walking around with Easter baskets. And they're looking for them. Looking for hope. Yes, sir. Yes, they're looking for hope. What else? Looking for purpose. Purpose. Looking for purpose. Why am I here? What am I doing? Why did God make me? What am I supposed to do? Looking for purpose in their life. What else? Identity. You see it everywhere. Who am I? This right here says anyone, anyone who is in Christ. That's your identity, in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. Tell you a couple folks, Nicodemus. Looking for what? Purpose. Looking for identity. Looking for hope. Comes to Jesus at night. Why? Because he didn't want nobody to see his basket. Nobody to see his basket. Dude, remember who he was. One of the Sanhedrin court, man. He was a stud. He was one of 17 studs. And he couldn't give it away that he was interested in Jesus. So he comes at night. And you remember the story about Nicodemus. Who is with Joseph when they ask for Jesus' body? Nicodemus. The dude that came with an Easter basket looking for an egg called purpose and identity and hope. 
at night because he didn't want nobody to see him. Secret came to Jesus. But on resurrection day, he comes with Joseph to the tomb, I mean to the cross, and they take Jesus off the cross, and they wrap him in linens, and they put, put oils on him, and they take him to the tomb. That's the same Nicodemus. Why? Because he's a new creation. New creation. What else are they looking for? Relationship. You heard it up here. Woman at the well. Five husbands living with a man. Comes to the well looking for water. Lo and behold, she meets Jesus. Jesus says, you don't have to keep coming here. You don't have to keep coming here. You don't have to keep going, living with another man. You don't have to keep looking for your identity and your purpose and your, and, and your meaning there. I, I want a relationship with you. I'll become that relationship with you. All these other people that you're substituting that for, that's not going to fill it for you. That's not going to do it. You can't look at a created thing to give you purpose, meaning, identity, and relationship. You must look for the creator who made you. He wants that relationship with you. Too many people put too much weight in people to define their life. People are not made to define your life. Jesus defined your life when he put his hands on a cross and let him nail him to the tree. And at the end, he says, it is finished. Your hunt, your search, all that stuff you're looking for, it's over. It's over. He finished it at the cross. You saw a lower adults that were looking for something more, man. You didn't see their basket. You didn't see it. Why? Because if we walk around with the basket, it brings too much attention. It looks weird, man. Why? Because here's what you are when you walk into church. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You ain't fine. <laughs> You're not fine. If you were fine, they didn't need a cross. If you were fine, you didn't need to get out of that tomb. You're not fine. All right? We're not. I'm not fine. I wasn't fine. I was a mess. I was a mess. I was mad at God because I stuttered and struggled in school. I told him I was a zero and a nothing and would never accomplish anything in life. And I didn't even have a purpose. I thought throwing fastballs was my purpose. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And Jesus said, I'm about to take you and make a preacher out of you. I said, <laughs> you funny. You funny. He is funny. Y'all think he's funny too. He did it. 27 years of it. All right? But listen to me. You got a plan, you got a purpose, you got an identity, you've got hope, you've got relationship. It's found in Jesus and nothing else. Man, this world's full of people, adults, look just like those kids yesterday. 20,000 eggs, man. Oh, there's some golden eggs out there. Mm-hmm. We all look for them golden eggs. The bigger Chevy, the bigger house, the great job. I'm gonna own it all, boy. I'm going to work myself into the grave. I'm going to get it all. I'm going to accomplish Well, just get, give me more. I'll build another shed. I'll build another shed. I'll build another shed. I have a whole backyard full of sheds. All right, good. You can just hop all over your little sheds. But you still, when you die, somebody you don't even know is going to go into your sheds and get all your stuff. All right? That's the truth, man. That's the truth. And we, and we got alarm systems and security systems to protect our stuff. If we protected our heart like we protect our stuff, man, just think what that would be like. 
If we protect our minds from the enemy's darts and all that stuff he sends in us and shoots in us, just think where we'd be. We're just a bunch of muffed up humans in earth suits walking around a dirt ball that we didn't even create. And man, we, our only hope is Christ. Our only hope is Jesus. Put your Easter basket down, 45-year-old man. Put it down because you look silly. Because all that stuff you're looking for, you're not going to find it. And it won't fit in your basket even if you got it. Because he said, it is finished when he died for you. And then to prove that it will never come back again, three days later he said, oh, he is risen. He is risen, meaning all that junk is done forever. Don't you ever look back at their past again because you are now your future, and I am your future. What else on my words? The relationship's big. Oh, buddy. You had to go there, didn't you, preacher? Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace. Mm. You know what peace is, man? Peace that passes all understanding. Peace says no matter what happens, God's got it. God's got it. I don't want them to die. I don't want them to die. But if they pass away, I'm okay. They know Jesus. I know Jesus. I won't say goodbye. I'll say see you later. Because I'm at peace. No matter what comes, it is well with my soul. Come on, man. Peace. You don't have peace, you don't sleep. Proverbs 3 says that the Lord will be my confidence and my sleep will be sweet. Why? Because you're at peace. You can't be a control freak and be at peace. Your job's not to control it. Your job's to trust. He's the controller. You're in the wrong seat. You're in the wrong seat. Listen to me. If you don't have the peace that says no peace, (laughs) it's because no Jesus Jesus brings peace. He said on the cross, it's finished. It's finished. You don't got to work for anymore. You ain't got to do all that stuff anymore. I did that. I did that. Any others? I forgot what all I gave you. Oh, yeah. Home. Home. Two important homes. Number one, you heard some of them say it, church home. We're not here to sell the church, especially this church necessarily. We don't have to sell it. It speaks for itself. Amen. Listen to me. Until you, as a mama and a daddy and a family, find a home church. Listen to me. Not a, not, not a church to attend. Not a place to pop in every once in a while and check, check a box of consciousness. All right? Not that. I'm talking a home church church. And it may not be here, and that's okay, but find one. You need a home church. I'm telling you right now, there are people walking around with a basket looking for something to put in it, and what they really need in it is a home church. When you find a home church, it will change your family. I'm just telling you right now, home churches are important, and there's a search for those. And the last home we're looking for is the eternal home. Mm. I'm telling you right now, if you're sitting here right now and you heard me say that word, it either felt good to you or it made you nervous. 
Do you know that? When I said you need to find an eternal home, some of you inside said, "Mm mm-hmm, I got that. And some of you said, "Mm mm-hmm, I'm not sure I do. That's the two feelings that crept over this audience. I saw it on your faces. Listen to me. You want to have the best Easter you ever had? I don't don't care what that ham or brisket tastes like. It's going to be good. But I'm going to tell you right now, you want to have the best Easter you've ever had? Do not walk out of those doors until you know for sure that you have an eternal home. Mm, Eternal home. I stood on this stage yesterday morning. 54-year-old gentleman was on a business trip in El Reno, Oklahoma. Went back to a hotel room. Felt nauseated. Called his wife. Said, I think I ate some bad food in Oklahoma. I said, you can probably do that. Right? <laughs> felt nauseated. She said, you got any other symptoms? Just nauseated? I said, well, I'm sweating. And my arms are tingling. And she said, honey, you're going to have to call 911. And then the next thing she heard was the phone hit the ground. And she's sitting in her house, Bushland, Texas, and her husband, 54 years old, sitting in El Reno, Oklahoma, in a hotel. Don't know a hotel, don't know room number. Minutes go by, minutes go by, minutes go by. Phone is open, calls open, under the bed, Okay. She hears the racket coming into the room, and she hears these words. I have a very weak pulse. I have a very weak pulse. Next thing she knows, ma'am, I'm sorry to tell you that your husband didn't make it. Didn't make it. We stood here yesterday, sang songs about this is not goodbye. And I told the crowd, if you don't know Jesus, this is goodbye. Because the only way that this is not goodbye is for you to know the same Jesus that David knows. So that you have eternal life, that you have an eternal home. And someday, when you say goodbye to this earth, you say hello to heaven. And you can say hello to David. It's see you later if you know him. It's goodbye if you don't know Jesus. Today, do you have an eternal home? Your best Easter ever. I'm just telling you right now, the thought Tuesday night after dinner going back to the hotel was not, mm, man, I wonder what this bed feels like. I wonder how comfortable this pillow is. Well, it won't matter because you're not going to be on the pillow. You're going to be in heaven. Folks, we always think we get tomorrow, but sometimes we don't get tomorrow. I'm asking you today, Are you on a search for an eternal home? You can find that eternal home in Jesus and Jesus alone. On this Easter, we're all just a bunch of kids and adults carrying Easter baskets looking for eggs. And there's a golden egg in there. His name is Jesus. And Jesus, my friend, will take care of all the stuff you ever thought you needed. He'll give you purpose. He'll give you hope. He'll give you identity. He'll be the greatest relationship you ever had and make all the other ones really good too. Okay? He will give you eternal home. He'll help you find a home church. Today, this Easter, make it the best ever. Put your Easter basket down. 
Quit looking for all the stuff that the world's looking for. And you come to Jesus, and you'll find it all in him. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, what a great Easter. Easter eggs, Easter baskets, Easter bunnies. Bottom line is we're all in a big search with a big basket looking for stuff to fulfill our life and give it meaning and purpose. But God, it's all there at the cross. Just like these adults said, some with their first, have been sober for so many years, looked for alcohol to meet that need, didn't work. Some with relationships didn't meet that need. Father, today, on this Easter Sunday, the cross says it's finished. The tomb says it's empty. Resurrection morning has it happened in us. God, this morning, don't let us walk out of here if we're still searching for stuff. Don't let us walk out of here with our baskets, go back to Job Monday trying to find that egg to give us meaning and purpose and feel something. God, it's all hollow. It's just Jesus that does it. So God, this invitation time is for you. There's someone looking for a church home, eternal home, looking for purpose, identity. Find it all right here this morning. Father, they would come this morning, meet you, be changed forever. So, God, when we stand in just a little bit, you move us, Father, to the altar. God, we love you. May we be obedient today in what you're asking. And on the other side of obedience, Father, is always blessing. May we bless ourselves today by being obedient to you. In Christ's name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stay in church. If you need to come this morning for any reason, you come.